0: Welcome to the Part Time Outdoors Podcast. Hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Hello,
1: it's Donnie. Hey, Donnie, what's going on, man? What's happening? finally get to talk to you we uh we bounce back and forth into dms during the hunting season but you know finally get on the phone here yeah here we are i know i know um so i have one question before we jump into this you know yeah you got us here wait until eight o'clock you weren't fly fishing today were you
2: um it was 12 degrees here today so oh, okay. that'd be a big no
1: all right i've been checking your instagram and you've been out there it looked like you've been trying to do some fly fishing i was like he's making his weight and i gotta know that he's fly fishing out in montana today i was like i'm gonna be a little upset
2: <laughs> no like i was work work work
1: i got you well i got mad here also he's our co- he's a co-host on here with me on part-time outdoors
0: yeah thanks for coming on up, i appreciate Matt? you buddy
1: yeah no worries so uh, I know a little bit about you, but uh, tell everybody else about sh- about yourself, uh, where you come from, what you got going on, um, maybe a little background in the outdoor industry and so forth like that.
2: Gotcha. So for years, 48 of those years, I lived in Ohio, Okay. Um, owned a concrete company in Ohio, did some whitetail guiding in Ohio for Real McCoy Outdoors down in Adams County, Ohio, did that for oh close to 15 years decided to sell my concrete company three years ago and moved to montana now i live in hamilton montana um i run excavation division for a a construction company out here i do some photos on the side and i guide fly fishing trips on the side
1: okay okay um so you left McCoy Outdoors, moved to Montana, which I'm extremely jealous. Um, yep. and now you're doing a little bit of fly fishing guiding. Did you do any guiding with, uh, was there another company, maybe Big Chino Outdoors?
2: Um, I've just done photos for Big Chino Outdoors for last three or four years. I've done a bunch of photo stuff for them.
1: Okay. Okay. I just kind of you know, saw your page. I wasn't sure if that was something you were getting into out there as well.
2: No, I just like to go and hang out in the desert when it's cold in Montana. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. It's not a bad thing, yeah. It's
1: It's funny, you know, how, you know, we got you here on a podcast and about, I think it was back in 2016, I ran across you on a podcast on Wired to Hunt. Um, And me and my dad have always wanted to do, you know, like a trip together. You know, just kind of like, just me and him, you know, it's kind of like our getaway And you talked about McCoy Outdoors. So small world. And now me and my dad have went to McCoy Outdoors the last two years. Um, You know, that's been great. Uh, So we'll go ahead and break it into the McCoy Outdoors situation. So how did you get set up with uh, Chad and Lear and so forth like that? And, you know, all of that.
2: Well, years ago, the first outfitter I worked for, uh, a guy named Brett Gruber, he owned Buckeye Outfitters. I worked for him for two years. The second year I worked for him, him and a buddy of mine that got me involved
1: mm-hmm.
2: kind of fell out. My buddy had all the property that we were guiding on. Okay. They fell out. So Brett had to find some property. So he got a hold of Chad McCoy. Okay. Okay that's where I met Chad. And then over a few years, I stayed in contact with Chad. Um, this guy, Brad, he folded after two years, just no property. He, you know, he had, he had a bunch of clients booked, but didn't have property. So we leased some property from Chad. Mm -hmm. But after that folded, I stayed in touch with Chad, um, did a bunch of hunting on my own. And then Chad calls me and says, Hey, how would you like to come and help us out? My answer was no, thank you, <laughs> because I didn't get to hunt. You know, the two years that I did some guiding for that Brett guy, yeah, I didn't get to hunt. I was guiding. And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I like to hunt. So Chad's answer was, well, you can come here, help us out, and we'll give you properties to hunt, and you can hunt as much as you want. So that was pretty enticing for me. Basically, I was hunting private land, or I mean public land when I wasn't guiding and then Chad offers me some prime, you know, uh, pub- private land to hunt down there in Adams County. So that started our relationship as me guiding for him. So I did that for, I don't know, it was four or five years. I guided for the McCoys down there.
1: Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you were down there, so then you got, obviously you got more than a taste of what Adams County is about with those whitetails. Um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we've we've it's been very fortunate the last two years. My dad has actually been successful, um, and I've actually had had a nice one last, this year in front of me. But Chad and Leah are great people. They they're I mean I honestly I think the hospitality. I've heard you talk on different podcasts, and I think the hospitality is what goes above and beyond when it comes to them.
2: Yeah, I, I mean that they're good old boys. Like yeah. I mean, they're just good old boys. They're good people. They take care of their clients. You know, they're, they're good people. Like that's, I stayed in touch with Chad after working with Brent, just because I liked who they were and what they were doing. And, you know, obviously they have, I think they're pushing 12,000 acres down there now, something like that. 45 properties or it's, it's something crazy, but they're, you know, they're just good people. They try and take care of their clients they took care of me yeah you know it was it was good like we seen seen some big deer killed while i was there
1: yeah i enjoy it and i and i think another thing i i feel like they are constantly pushing the envelope to try to get you on deer you know what i mean they're not they're it's not like they're like oh they're good for the week they set you up that you know they set the stands and it's they're done no i i constantly feel like they're working as hard as we are to try to get to get us on deer
2: yeah it's you know like Backroom talks, right? Like me and the McCoys, when clients are there, we talk every night, right? Yeah. Not around clients. It's just funny as the week goes along and people aren't killing, the stress level goes through the roof. Like if anybody believes or thinks that we or they, I'll say they or myself, doesn't want a client to kill a deer they are insane we we want you guys to kill deer way more than you you could even imagine how bad you want to kill a deer yep. like we want success more than any client would ever want success i
1: believe it's, it it's pretty insane i believe it
0: so when <clears throat> when you're in ohio or yeah adams county was that where you shot that big 200 inch
2: um, I've killed two. One in Adams County, or I mean, one in Athens County, and one in Brown County.
0: So something like, I have, I, I didn't go.
2: kill one in in Adams County.
0: Okay, I got. It. But they were in Ohio. At least one was in Ohio. Uh, yeah, something that made Ohio. me laugh was I was listening to a old podcast you did. I think it was Truth Truth by the Stand, and you were talking about how you shot that big one, and then the work begins, and you had to drag it out and it kind of made me think you're one of those big racks bloody backs kind of guys because me i'm I'm putting it on like a sled or or something <laughs> but and then it, it rolled into he has a concrete company and i was like oh, that's such a concrete guy thing to do to completely <laughs> drag it out like not putting it on wheels or anything just drag it out
2: well you know that one in particular i was hunting pri- uh, public land and i shoot this deer I'm not going back to the truck without this deer, right? I'm not leaving this deer. Like, so, you know, I had a, a climber, a backpack, a deer, a bow. I took off, drug it to the truck.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I guess if I shot one that big, there there would be zero chance I'd leave to go get a sled or anything. too.
1: Yeah, there was no chance I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So what made you want to start guiding? That was like, you know, like. I know you said, you know, it took away your hunting, but probably at first you weren't, you didn't realize maybe that was going to be the case, but like, you know, what in the back of your mind was like, you know, maybe I want to give it a try.
2: Yeah. So I had, I, I had a buddy that was like, Hey man, we're starting this outfitting business. Do you want to help us guide? And I was like, man, that sounds fun. Like, I'll you know, be in the outdoors. I love whitetail. That that'll be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It
2: wasn't two months into it. I was like, well, that was the wrong move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's hard enough as it is to get out in the woods as much as we really would like to be out in the woods.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, when you're guiding, you're out in the woods, but you're not hunting. Yeah. You're hunting through your clients, but you know, you have ups and downs with clients, clients missing, passing, whatever, whatever the case. And you're not getting an opportunity to sit in a tree. You're watching failures or, you know, self-imposed failures by some guys they're passing deer that, you know 160 inch deer and they're like well i'm in ohio i'm not going to shoot anything under 180 and you know like you're like what the heck are you doing right (laughs) Right.
1: that's a deer of a lifetime
2: yeah yeah i mean i tell everybody i've i've killed some big deer right yep if you are passing 160 inch deer you better be well prepared to Eat tags for years
0: <laughs> isn't that i feel like uh, so you when you guide you don't get as much stand time but through guiding i mean you have to be learning all the time as well right do you feel like you've learned a lot from guiding that's turned you into a better hunter
2: absolutely i mean you know when as it went along at the mccoys when i left we were we were hunting about 40 guys a year so Every night I talk to six or eight guys. They come in, and tell me what they saw, what, what happened when they were on stand. So that's just all this Intel I'm getting every night, every morning. I'm getting Intel from all these guys. That's like me sitting in a, in eight stands, right? Like yeah. every time these guys come in, they're telling me what happened, what they saw, what, you know, all the ins and outs of, about it. And it's just more Intel that I gathered from all these guys. You, you learn a ton while you're guiding just because of all the intel.
1: No, that's true. That's true. So you're getting different side of every story, situation, all, you know, like you said, eight different people.
2: Yeah. It's it's like having, you know, eight live trail cameras out (laughs) every day. (laughs)
1: seriously that is
0: so true that's kind of the same with my work like uh i'll walk into work and they'll tell us about the calls or whatever they had the previous day and i always learn from them too i'm like oh well if that situation ever happens i I will or won't do that so yeah that definitely makes sense
1: and you can can carry that over to hunting and so forth so um have you been back to mccoy's i think you have i think i talked to you have you been back to mccoy since you've been out of montana
2: uh, this past fall, I went to the McCoy's.
1: Okay. Okay. What, what
2: time of year <laughs> did you go? Uh, I went prime time. It wasn't good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, man, like I hunted. So the guy that got me out here, it's a funny story. A guy named Robert Gary, he owns latitudes outfitting Okay. here. That's who I guide fishing trips for. Oh, wow. But the crazy part was this was five, six years ago. I get a phone call from this guy, guys, Robert Gary.
1: Okay.
2: Right. He says, I'm starting a whitetail outfitting business in Ohio. I was wondering if I could ask you some questions. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, what the heck? You're not going to like, we're not competing against each other. Right. Like Hmm. McCoy's Adams County. He's farther up North. I can't remember what County's in, but anyway, So we talk for two years. He comes to a um, SCI show in Vegas to meet me. I'm I'm working for SICA. I'm running the SICA booth at the SCI show. He comes to thank me, yada, yada, says, hey, man, I want to do something for you. Why don't you come out elk hunting this year? And me being me, I'm like, I'm in.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I drive out. I come to Hamilton, Montana hang out here, we go elk hunting, I kill an elk, come back, we fish, I go back home. The next year, I bring my family to Total Archery Challenge in Big Sky, (laughs) but we spend four more days in Hamilton before we go to TAC.
1: Oh, you're you're just setting yourself up.
2: And the rest is history. Like, another year, I'm like, I asked my wife, I was like, how do you like Hamilton? She's like, I love Hamilton. Let's go. Then literally within a year, everything was gone. We moved to Montana. That's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to Montana twice myself. Um, I haven't actually been to Hamilton. Where is Hamilton exactly?
2: Hamilton is about, about an hour south of Missoula in the Bitterroot Mountains.
1: So an hour south. Okay, so I've been to obviously Bozeman and Missoula. I was in Dillon too as well. So I probably, I probably passed through Hamilton to get to Missoula.
2: If, if you went from Dillon to Missoula.
1: Yeah, that's
2: what we did. If you came over the pass, you did. But if you went, if you went the long way, you didn't.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. We went out there, uh, me and my buddy, he lives in Cincinnati. We did a 10 day sleep in the truck and hit as many streams as we could to fly fish pretty much. Yeah. So So
2: she fished the beaver head over in Dillon. Yeah. Yep.
1: So did you go
2: through the big hole?
1: Uh, we did not do the, yeah, we did the big hole. We did the Madison. We did one, uh, float trip. Uh, this was like, we were fresh on fly fishing. So we wanted to kind of get, you know, have someone kind of teach us, show the ropes a little bit. So, yeah, sure. So, you know, we had a guide one day and then we just kind of worked our way up to Missoula. And what's, is it, you had Bigfoot and then what's up in Missoula? What's the stream up there? Blackwater? So, uh, there's a
2: Clark Fork, Clark Fork, and then there's the Blackfoot. Blackfoot, the that's river, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the river I guide on is the, uh, the Bitterroot. I do I do some on the Blackfoot and some on the Upper Clark, but 90% of what I do is on the Bitterroot.
1: I mean, you can't get enough of the streams out there. It's it, They're amazing.
0: It's insane. I'll tell you what, Donnie, I saw one of your pictures. It was uh, it's called the West Fork. And right now, me and Nate are sitting from another West Fork. Probably, I can't be more than a few hundred yards away. And <laughs> it looks nothing like your West Fork. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the dirtiest uh, rivers around. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at that. They, the pictures you get of those fish are just incredible.
2: Oh, yeah. man. Thank you. Like, you know, it's pretty easy when, like, I, I always say that. It's it's pretty easy to take epic photos in epic places doing epic things, right? So, like if you put yourself in this situation, it's it's pretty easy to get epic pictures because of what you're doing and what you're looking at and the, the area and the fish and you know, it's it's pretty easy to to get epic photos.
0: I have noticed that was that was one thing that kind of um, I was able to set you out from other people is the photos that you take, they're they're almost like they capture a unique eccentric point in time that it the photo itself tells the story like i don't even have to read the caption on your pictures because i just look at the photo and i feel like i already know what's going on
2: yep yeah, that's that's what i try and do man I, I i appreciate you saying that because that's that's my thing like what, what authentic kind,
0: hunting and fishing what kind of uh camera gear are you running for that uh i'm shooting sony right now sony I, I looked into sony's i ended up getting a canon but um i was right on the borderline i almost went with Sony.
2: Yeah. I I shot Canon for years. I've, I'm shooting Sony now. There's lots of good equipment out there for yeah,
1: sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it all kind of comes down to, you know, where you started because I have Nikon. So I don't know if I'd ever switch because of the people yep. say that it's opposite of everything.
0: I saw you had yep. a uh, drone in one of your videos too. Was that your drone? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a drone. I got one of those, uh, Mavics. I'm still trying to get used to flying it but me and my wife we shot a uh in a gender reveal video for us a couple days ago and i wasn't even thinking i had the drone probably 30 foot in the air and the entire video is just you could hear the drone i mean you can't you can't cut the cake twice you know (laughs) yeah yeah
2: speak
1: speaking of gender reveals here uh donnie you have two daughters right yep
2: 115 119 okay okay
1: so I have a daughter as well. Uh, Matt, yep. Matt, Matt's uh, look on his face when the gender reveal <laughs> was revealed was—he
0: uh, looked a little uh, nervous. We'll just say that lightly. Uh, I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> I feel better now. A couple of days later, um, real excited that I'll be able to use the girl dad hashtag that seems to be becoming really popular. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a huge plus.
1: That's, that's one thing that I was going to get at is, um, I saw that you and your daughter, I don't, which daughter was it, but that you guys, uh, killed a muley this year.
2: Uh, we both of them killed muleys this year. Oh, okay. Okay. What was the yeah, video so I
1: was watching on your story?
2: Pro- probably, probably Trisha, but you know, we, we did, I took Trisha on Amanda's hunt and Trisha's hunt was just her and I. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: How, yeah, how do those mule deer, uh, as far as taste wise, compared to whitetails? Is that about the same taste that you get? Ah, oh, man, I would say no. Like,
2: whitetails are definitely better, and oh, I think really? it boils down to what what the animals are eating. You know, like whitetails are eating; they're eating good, and these muleys are eating sage, and you know, it's just not as good um, stuff for them to eat, right? Like, so I think that's what it boils down to, just. The
0: white tail's a little better, I think. Right. That makes sense.
1: So, um, were you, have you done any guiding as far as with the muleys or anything like that? Or is that just kind of, you know, hobby with your daughters and yourself or stuff like that?
2: Yeah. I just like doing it with the kids. Like I, to be honest, man, like I don't think I'm going to guide hunting out here. Like I may do a muley hunt if, if my buddy really needs somebody to take somebody, but you know, I, I enjoy hunting myself. I enjoy taking my kids, you know, and every time you go guide for somebody else, you're, you're you're taking somebody, you know, could be a good friend. I'm not saying that the clients are bad or anything. I'm not saying that, but they're not my kids and it's not me. Yeah. You know, I've even had, I've even had some of my best friends that I grew up with. I had a guy come out last, last fall. Mm -hmm. We went elk hunting and, and, The elk hunting wasn't really good where we were. It just wasn't happening. But I had another buddy that was calling me saying, hey, man, you should come over here. we got screaming bulls. And I couldn't pull off and go over there because I had, you know, one of my best friends here hunting. Yeah. So even even that type stuff, it's two buddies hunting together. But, you know, basically, I was guiding my, my buddy from Ohio, basically. Yeah. Right? but I couldn't pull him off or pull off to go over and hunt with my other buddy. Just, you know, cause I'm not going to take another guy over there to hunt.
1: Yep. It so just wouldn't be right.
2: That type stuff. I, I, I think I'm going to pull back on some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. I understand. Cause I mean, now looking, looking at it with your daughters, the age that they are, you would rather take them out rather than take anybody else. Like obviously you would hunt yourself, but you know, if you're taking anybody, you'd be rather be taking them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes and, sense. You know, I have, like I have a tons of ton of friends here that hunt and, you know, I can jump around if I like what I'm going to try and avoid is planning trips with people from out of state to come here and hunt. That way I'm not tied down.
1: Yeah. Well, then I won't ask.
2: you can come i'm marking my uh yeah i'm marking my my
0: bird uh my bird guiding questions off right now (laughs) now. that's funny
1: well we still need to link up in adams county that definitely needs to happen i don't know when when you plan on coming back there because we uh we get we always are there the third week of october so i guess we're the first group that comes that rolls through there
2: yeah if i was there last week or last year i was there the second week of november
1: I see you trying to catch, try to catch the rut. Maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, I understand. I got you. Um, then
2: I, I I went from there. Then I went up to my buddy Robert's place. The guy that that got me out here that I was talking about started that new outfitting business. That's going really well for him. Yeah. You know, I hunted, I hunted two weeks in Ohio and the biggest tear I saw was a three year old. Oh man. So I did not have a, I was gone like 20 days. It was, it was a rough season. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't kill, like, personally, I didn't kill anything this year,
1: last year. Did you not? Well, your, so what, that what, kind of cutoffs, what kind of yeah, cutoffs that are rough. you looking
0: at? Are you looking at like, um, are you looking at age cutoffs? Are you looking at horn cutoffs?
2: For whitetails?
0: Yeah. I'm more looking at age. Like,
2: you know, like I'm probably not going to shoot something that's under 150 inches. Just if I'm throwing a number out there, mm-hmm. but if, you know, if, if a big six-year-old eight-point rolls in that's 140, I'd shoot it. Right, yeah. Like, like I'm, I like big, mature animals. So, score, like, I'll throw that 150 number out there, but that doesn't even mean that that's going to stick.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, and, and I think I heard you say that in the past, is you look at more of the age than anything else, because, I mean, honestly, I think... The quality of deer with the age of the deer, it kind of stands out, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, if you're shooting a five-year-old Adams County deer, yeah. you're shooting a good
1: one. Yeah, exactly. Because if he's lived that long and you're seeing him, then you got a pretty good opportunity.
2: Yeah, They and, and the genetics are there. Like, if you get to five years old, they have the genetics to be something, you know, something.
1: The deer are different down there. <laughs> they, oh, man. They really are. Um. Did they ever tell you the story about the tracking situation with my dad's first deer they killed down there? I don't think so. Yeah. So we, uh, so he hit a deer that evening and that's one thing I took away that maybe I should have known as a hunter, I guess I would say. So he didn't see it fall. So, you know, their first instinct was back out. We're waiting till tomorrow. And, you know, sometimes a lot of people just wait a few hours and they're back in the woods, you know, trying to track this deer. Um, but we tracked, uh, you, you know, Mike that comes from Alaska. The, I the, do. Yeah, okay, so Mike was there at the time, and we tracked we tracked him down probably, it was probably another three or 400 yards away, and it was unfortunately not dead yet, but it, so we surrounded it, and we were going to have to put another arrow through it, um, it charged at us, it got oh up, my it, gosh. it, and it was probably over 200 pounds. This it was it yeah. looked it looked like a bull running at us. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I mean, we laugh about it now, but it was not a good situation. But we ended up it, it you know we got it tracked down and then we put another had to put another arrow through it. But it was just crazy what that deer was going through. It was running on one lung, and basically you know what it was doing and how tough they are. It's just it's amazing.
2: Oh, they are they are tough critters. Like when I was at the McCoys, I don't know what they do anymore. But I had a rule at the McCoys, if you didn't see it fall down, we were not going anywhere for five hours. Like yep, we would give it five hours. Like that was it.
1: Yeah. That's basically what they were doing.
2: Yeah. And you know, I've been in arguments with clients about that, but I, mean, I, I mean, you, know, you I guys see it like every a, day though.
1: I, I mean, why would they, I don't see why they should be arguing. You see it every no, day. Right. Right. Exactly. Like, you know,
2: every Sunday before the hunt started, I always, you know, got everybody in the room, briefed them on what was going on, what w- rules we were, we had, we didn't have hardly any rules, right? But no. one rule was, if you don't see it die, we're waiting five hours. Yep. And, you, you know, then you have guys that are wanting to go because, you know, they want to go hunt this afternoon, but they want to go see their buddies' deer. You know, and you're like, well, we can wait five hours and then we'll yep. go find the deer. You know? But <laughs> exactly. the only reason I'm doing that
1: it's so that we find your deer, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like you're not chasing it all over Adams County.
2: Yeah, yeah, like I'm not doing it to be mean or, or hate for
1: anything. I'm I'm doing it so we find your deer. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you were talking about you've taken your daughter's muley, uh, hunting and everything like that. How much hunting have you done yourself in Montana since you've been out there?
2: Um, quite a bit. Like my photo stuff is has kept me pretty busy. The first year I was out here. I barely hunted. I was just so busy with photos. I backed that off. Um, Last year, some I did, I did some hunts, but I, I backed that off. So I got to hunt a little bit more every year that I've been out here, every fall I've backed off my photo stuff so that I get to hunt a little bit more.
1: It's hard to take pictures and hunt and do it all at the same time.
2: Oh man. It's just, it's, it's impossible. And I, you know, I book, I book hunts with other hunters so that I'm, I'm going places with them and, and photographing their hunts, but you know, there again, it's, it's almost the same as guiding. Like, yeah, it's a little better than guiding because you're right there next to the hunter. You know, you you get the same experience. You're just not shooting. Right.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
2: You're still not, you're still not hunting. You're not the hunter. You don't have a tag. You don't, you don't have the bow. I don't tell like, photo clients, I don't tell them when to go, what to do. I, I don't say anything about how they should be hunting because I'm your camera guy. I'm not your guide. I don't want to say something and it'd be a mistake or, you know, put these guys in a situation where something gets screwed up and, and get blamed. So when I'm, when I'm taking photos, I, I don't tell guys what to do at all.
0: So basically if I'm understanding right, sometimes you'll go out not guide sole purpose only is to take photos is that right i do it a lot that is yep. awesome
2: i mean
1: i'm and think about where I he's mean, at taking these pictures that's yeah the, that's the thing
0: oh i see where he's at There's i mean the valleys and everything i have a friend she her family's from <clears throat> montana and she was i guess it's it's totally different there's nothing like this in west virginia but she's like yeah we he man my dad manages eighty thousand acres and I was like, do you mean like 800 acres? She's like, no, 80,000 acres. And I was like, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine. There's nothing like that in West Virginia.
2: No. No, like, if I leave right now and drive to the northeast corner of Montana, I live in Montana. Mm-hmm. If I drive to the northeast corner of Montana, it will take me 10 hours to get there. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> that's crazy. If Huge. that tells you how big Montana is. Oh, Huge man. state.
0: Speaking of <laughs> Montana, insane. I saw uh, you had some posts from Montana knife company. Are you involved with them? I've, before I, I even saw your posts on that, I, I had been looking at a lot of their knives. They make beautiful knives. Are you involved with them or yet you, you have any of other knives you like them? Um, so Josh and
2: I, Josh is the owner. Uh, Brandon's the other, other owner. Josh and I are good friends. I've done some photo stuff for those guys. I, I talk to Josh once a week, probably. Him oh, and I wow. are good friends. We we go to dinner every once in a while with the wives, and yeah. Well, so if, I know those guys really well.
1: Then I might have to reach out to you because every time they drop a knife, they sell out so quickly. I can't even get to them, so I might have it, to get a link from you or something so I can get one myself. It's
2: insane. It is. Insane.
1: They dropped one like the other day, and I was like, I think I was working, and I could, and I literally went to go get one, and they were gone, and I was like, oh man. Yeah.
2: Oh well, they they had. So, you know, people have been like, Josh takes his personal, he gets, you know, nasty emails about this kind of being a sham. You guys are <sighs> dropping these knives and you don't have that many to sell and blah, blah, blah. Well, the other day he sold over 600 knives wow. in two minutes. <laughs> exactly it's that's what I'm talking about. Two minutes, like literally two minutes. Like it's, it's insane. Like they're crushing it. Like the, the knives are they're really high quality knives, right? But there's a lot of high quality knives, but you know, the people Josh hangs out with and, and just, he is such good people. I, I think because he is such good people, the success is just easy for him.
1: Yeah. That's stuff like that for, you know, like you said, good people comes natural.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Josh just sent me, he called me today. Like I leave Saturday for Mexico. I'm going to photograph a desert sheep hunt and Josh called me today. He's like, when are you leaving for Mexico? And I'm like, Saturday. He's like, do you have all the knives you need? I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm good. Right. (laughs) He's like, you don't have one of these Chrome ones. Let me send you one of these Chrome ones. Give me some pictures of these Chrome ones. I'm like, all right. So I actually talked to Josh for probably an hour today.
0: That's a good friend to have right there. Yeah. He's a pretty good friend.
1: Yep. Honestly, that making you making sure you're good to go. But then also, you know, you it's kind of crazy how the Instagram and as far as like products, it speaks for itself when, you know, you have quality content.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. Like, it, you know, I, I, when I was involved with Sika gear, like I'm still, still quote unquote, a white ambassador for SICKA Gear. I have a lot of good friends at SICKA.
1: That was my next I question. Worked, so you're going right into it. Yeah. Like I,
2: I worked the show booth, like all the expos. I did that for three or four years for SICKA and I was running their booth. Mm-hmm. So I met just hundreds of people in the industry. Like hundreds of people in the industry so now i have all these connections and friends and you know it's it's easy for me to get photo gigs it's it's just you know the the hunting industry is a tiny 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 world well and
1: it's probably it's kind of like in life with anything else it's who you know to an extent to where you meet these people if you and if you're a good person they know that and then you can you know you network
2: yeah like you know for new photographers it's so hard to get in the game unless you know somebody it's so hard.
1: Yeah. I believe that.
2: I mean, you could be one of the best photographers out there, but there's a lot of good photographers. Yeah. You just, you just have to know people. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yep. So what are you, uh, what's your involvements? I know you said ambassador with Sitka, you know, so what are your involvements with them now? or you just kind of have a relationship with them?
2: Uh, you know, I'm still an ambassador. Um, so Dennis Zuck, He's the product manager. John Barclow is the big game product manager. Those are two of my best friends. They come over all the time. I go over there all the time. We're just good friends from working together for years, but then, you know, that turns into a real friendship, not just like a work related friendship. And now, you know, John and his wife and Dennis and his wife, you know, we, we just hang out all the time. So I, I'm just more friends with those guys at SICA more than I'm involved with SICA. SICA kind of pulled back on some of like the show stuff that they do. And just, they just, honestly, they've turned into a bigger company. Yeah. Not that they don't need to do expos and stuff like that, but they just, they're just spending their money in different places.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. And a lot of those expos, initially when they, I mean, I remember when I first heard of Sitka, shoot, it was probably 2014, 2013. And I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm yeah, like, well, yeah. more, I'm intrigued. And then I started looking into it and then I started buying and then it just all went downhill from there, but I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. but you know what I mean? And they were doing the expos and I think maybe, like I said, 2016, I started listening to Wired to hunt. Then I ran across you and I saw you doing the expos, but it makes sense where they're at now to where, you know, like you said, spending their money elsewhere that they, they probably they need to help or helps them or it's just better that way, I guess I would say.
2: Yeah. I, you know, the money that some of these companies spend on these expos, it would blow your mind.
1: Oh, I can't imagine.
2: Like, and it, when you get to a certain point, you have to kind of weigh out like, what is the expo doing for me? Is this money well spent?
1: Yeah. And, is it a bunch of people coming in there drinking beer and hanging out or are you getting anywhere with it?
2: <laughs> right. Right. We didn't sell anything in the booth. Yeah. You know, it, like you have to get your, your name out there and you have to make a presence. And, but once you're there, then, you know, your money can go other places
1: better spent. Right. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so what about the total archery challenge? What's your involvement with that?
2: Um, so I started doing some of those when I worked for Sica, right? I go, Sica had a booth at Total Archer Challenge, and I went and worked a couple times at the booth. Okay. And then I got to be real good friends with the owner of Total Archer Challenge just through through that stuff. And Sika stopped doing their booths. Mm-hmm. Sean, Sean DeGray, he's the owner of TAC, he asked me if I wanted to come and, shoot some photos and hang out and, you know, kind of work total archery challenge. So I did that for a couple summers here and there. And then he asked me, I think it was not this past summer, the year before he asked me if I wanted to come and do the Western circuit. So I did, you know, like six weeks. I, I worked total archery challenge. I ran all their, um, novelty shoots. Okay. It took people's money. I was really good at it. Um, so I'm, I'm just good friends there. Again, it falls back to me working the SICKA booth. Mm-hmm. I met Sean that turns into a friendship. I talked to Sean probably once every two weeks. So, you know, it's just relationships, you know? Yeah. Um, it sounds like from what I hear, sounds like SICKA is going to make a bigger presence at TAC this year and moving forward. Like there's been some changes in SICA and the marketing and this and that. And it sounds like they're going to push more towards that type of event as opposed to expo type of events.
1: What is tech exactly? I, that's that, the first thing I've heard of it. Total archery challenge. Oh, he's called. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Abbreviated. Ah, my bad. I should have known that. <laughs> yeah. Abbreviated total archery challenge. I was like, I was like, is he talking about the same thing? That's what I'm just like. <laughs> so, yeah. So if yeah. you had to pick a show out West for the total archery challenge, which one would you suggest?
2: Man, if you want to shoot the like coolest course, I'll say, okay, probably, um, snowbird. Really? If you want the whole experience and good people and hang out, shoot good courses, have an absolute blast doing it, Big Sky is definitely that spot.
1: Okay. Okay. I I've always like, so they have one in PA. Yeah, um that's so, a good one. So I've thought about going to it, but then I'm thinking like why not just just Go for it. You know you're in Montana. You can do some fly fishing while you're shooting your bow. I mean, what what more do you need?
0: Yeah, we were talking about going to that this year, right?
1: Yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we talked about it. I mean,
0: that's basically when I lived in Ohio.
2: I looked forward to summer in July. I'm going to Big Sky Tack, <laughs> and then that turned into me taking my whole family, but coming out the weekend before the Tack weekend, and then we'd spend you know, the whole week in Montana. And then the second weekend we'd go to tack and I'd shoot tack. The kids like big sky, there's tons of stuff for the kids to do. Not, not involved with tack, but the mountain puts on, you know, like zip lines and just all kinds of stuff. There's, there's always all kinds stuff of going stuff on. For your Yeah. Your kids, you know, it, big Sky's man, it's such a good time.
0: So with you go into these total archery challenges, I'm sure you've seen thousands of different bows. I'm in the market for a new bow. I, I believe, know what he's going to lean towards. I, well, I so I think he shoots a Matthews if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, what would be your recommendation if I wanted kind of a multi-purpose white tail? I, I mostly hunt like public PA public West Virginia, but I'm also going to put in for a couple elk lotteries, probably in Kentucky PA, um, what would be your go-to kind of all-purpose? I, I mean, I this new Matthews I have, the
2: V3X, is it's awesome. Like a 29-inch, I think they make a 33-inch yep. uh, axle-to-axle. I shoot the 29, love it. Like I've shot Matthews for the last five or six years. Every year, you know, their bows, they're just hard to beat. Like I have the the V3, I still have it from the year before, and it's like, 27 inches and shoots like a
0: 30 inch bow. Like it, you know. I think that's like, what Nate had. You have I the have the V3, right? I
1: have the VXR 31 and a half.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: I love it. Yeah, too. and it's weird. VXR
2: is awesome. Like every year, they just get better and better and better. Like, isn't it crazy I, though?
1: Because I talk about that, and I was talking about it today, <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way this bow could get better. And then three years later, like two years later, I'm buying another one, and then it's better. And I'm just like, it. I don't know how they do it.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, they work on it. Like I'm, I'm good friends with uh, a guy named Derek Nelson. He's the marketing manager at Matthews. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm s- good super good dude. Him. Good to know. Like <laughs> they're, they're great people. And you know, like I can't really speak to other bows because it's been so long since I shot a different brand. Yeah. But I will say, I know like Dudley's doing great things with PSE, some of the new stuff, that, like I've heard great things about his new bows. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Hoyt makes a great bow. Like there's, there's a ton of good bows out there. Like, you know, I think Dudley, he's, you know, he's doing so much for the archery world. It's hard for me not to talk about him and PSE. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't look at a PSE. Yeah. They've really stepped their game up. Yeah. And, and, and that's all Dudley. Like, like Dudley's at every tack, you know,
0: I almost want a Matthews. I always wanted a Matthew just because my name is Matthew <laughs> and it's like, Oh, it's like already imprinted. I don't have to pay for anything. But, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, every, every single person I know that has a, Ma- uh, Matthew's just, they love it.
2: Yeah. We, we love the Matthews. Like
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a PSC
2: because I'm so loyal to Matthews, loyals or loyals against like Matthews is taking care of me for years like they're good people. It's a great company. Uh, it, you know, they make great bows. Like I'm not going anywhere. I
0: may have to have you reach out to your buddy one day. I've actually, uh, I've actually
1: I- talked to Derek before. Um, when I was doing a little bit of photos myself, I, you know, life took over, but I actually talked to Derek a little bit and he, he is a good guy. He really is. He, you know, he was honest with me and, you know, gave me some good pointers and stuff like that and put me in the right direction.
2: Yeah. He's, he's a solid dude. Just had a baby like a few months ago. He's a super solid guy. Yeah,
1: definitely. So what's uh, these next few months, maybe fall, what do you got planned for uh, this upcoming 2022 for hunting? Um,
2: I'm going to draw a, a muley tag in Colorado this year. I'm about 99% sure I'm going to draw that. That hunt starts in September, like September 3rd. I'll probably go down a couple days early. Um, so that's really the only traveling trip that i'm going to take this year but you know montana I'll hunt muleys and pronghorn and elk and bear and like i'm gonna hunt uh i'm going on the sheep on saturday in mexico that's uh, to photograph but here i'll hunt turkeys here this spring i'll i'll probably hunt um spring bear i go up uh northwest montana and hunt spring bear it's awesome up there you know
1: all this stuff is Out making here, me making me jealous.
2: Like the, <laughs> the crazy part is, like here in Montana, man. Like I can hunt whitetails right here in the valley. There's a shit ton of whitetails. Part of my language, but there's a ton <laughs> of ton of whitetails right here. Like big here's, You know, you can you can get up to 150 inches. It's it's pretty rare, but there's a ton, so I can get my whitetail fix right here. Yeah. We have a pretty good. My buddy's got a pretty good property that we can hunt on the river bottom. There's tons of whitetails, um, mule deer. I, I got to do a little bit of driving, but I can hunt great mule deer here in Montana. Pronghorn, elk, you know, fall bears. Like, right. it's just it's just insane how much hunting there is to do here.
0: It's crazy too because you didn't even mention the the bird populations out there, which is I'm probably going to go to Montana this year, but not for a big game. I'm probably going to be going out there for, uh, all the like pheasants, sage grouse, um, sharp tails. Uh, do you run into those very much when you're out looking for the big game?
2: Ton of pheasants, man. Ton of grouse, ton of pheasants. like,
0: you're getting, it's, you're it's getting fired like, up right now. He's, <laughs> just talking
1: about
2: it. It's good, man. Like, like no kidding. Like you go up, like, uh north central montana some like up in there okay. and it's great pheasant hunting north i mean central. it's yeah like maybe maybe pushing east and like northeast but over in that direction man there's it's it's awesome awesome pheasant i have you know we have no kidding almost every day i have um quail in my yard <laughs> wow
0: no kidding See our, like, our quail population got completely wiped out, um, a couple decades ago, and they're just now reintroducing them. But I haven't, I don't think I've ever even seen a wild quail in West Virginia, um, my entire life. So that's yeah, the, I'm really jealous of that.
2: Quail here are not regulated. Wow, <laughs> that's so, exactly. that, that that's, just like, tells I you the numbers are insane. Yeah. It, it's yeah it's crazy like i could literally open my door and shoot quail tomorrow if i wanted <laughs>
0: that's cool that's awesome it's pretty crazy man like, are those like bob white quails or
2: no I they're not bob whites i forget i forget what they are okay like you're asking the wrong guy I'm,
0: <laughs> that's I'm all just right
2: not a bird guy right
0: like
1: well, but I mean, there's, there's you, a ton. You, you have get, enough, you have enough going on yeah. as far as the, everything you just named that you could possibly hunt here in the next few months. Plus I, mean, I got a,
0: enough yeah. information out of you, North, North, Central Montana. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. all that's all I need. That's all I need.
1: And,
2: you know, waterfowl in yeah. Montana is insane, right? I've never went, I've never like personally hunted waterfowl in my life. I went on a couple waterfowl hunts this year to shoot some photos, but you know, it, Waterfowl's insane here. Like
0: that was my know, favorite. Quackers picture. and
2: honkers. Like it's it's crazy.
0: That was my favorite picture you did with the uh la- with the lab in the uh mo marsh invisalab. That was my favorite uh-huh. one you did.
1: Yeah, yeah thanks, that, dude. That was an awesome picture.
2: Yeah, that was that was shot for axle hearing protection.
1: Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome.
2: So, like, I called up. You know, I have friends at Sinky Gear, so I. Call up my boys at Sika Gear and I'm like, hey man, I need to shoot some photos. we got to go on a duck hunt. So we get a hold of one of the um waterfowl ambassadors for Sika. He lives in Twin Bridges, Montana. And he's like, Yeah, let's do it this weekend. It should be great. He's got a big lease. We go over there, like, yep. you know, epic photos and epic places doing epic things, you know? Like it's
1: That's what it's about, it's, right?
2: It, like the scenery that that I was photographing while we're elk or while we're waterfall hunting was insane you know just just insane like it's cool too when you
0: see like the when you're out there early and you see the fog coming up and the sun just getting a peak i mean it's almost just like set up for a perfect picture
2: yeah yeah like i said man it's easy to take good pictures in great places and you know i i've been here three years i'm it was the best move i ever made
1: awesome that's awesome i'm jealous man i have one more question for you um do you think I could get Chad and Lear on here? Yeah, probably. I have I never I was going to do it last year. I was going to ask him last year, but we were so fresh. We started up uh like August. August. We started yeah. the podcast up, and I kind of wanted to get some episodes under my belt. And then I was going to see if they jump on here with me when I'm down there in Ohio.
2: Yeah, you should do that. Do you guys do any video podcasts or is it just audio
1: so we're possibly in the process i have uh me and my dad actually have a a little small business and we're in the process of getting a building and i'm going to put a little office and probably set up a camera and start doing them on youtube
2: yeah i would i would take cameras down next time you go down there and buy a couple bottles of bourbon and tell them you want to do a podcast and drink bourbon
1: okay that's
2: that's that, that'll probably do it.
1: That's all I needed to hear. That would do it for me, yeah, <laughs> right? Mark, Mark would definitely say yeah. Yeah, maybe like a cigar and some bourbon, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, <laughs> that's great. Well, hey, Donnie, thanks again, man, for coming on here. Um, I really do appreciate it. Hopefully, maybe me and you could get together sometime. Maybe at TAC or uh, maybe in Ohio. Um, it you know just you know like to meet you face to face and everything like that. You know great things i've heard a lot of great things about you and really appreciate everything you do
2: yeah come out and go fishing man i'll show you some fish
0: awesome yeah no doubt yep appreciate you coming on donnie and uh, keep the pictures coming we enjoy it
2: right on thanks guys i appreciate it take care take care have a good one